Welcome. This is a safe place. Why don't you make yourselves comfortable and have a seat on the couch? This is not quite therapy. Are you comfortable? Hell no, I'm not comfortable. Hey, Brian. Hey, Chrissy. Tell me, how does that make you feel? I don't want to talk about it. Is it going to hurt? Oh my God, this is awkward. I'm not qualified to give advice here, but... Can we sit this close together? This is not quite therapy. With Chrissy and Brian, a how-to-do brand show about divorce, dating, and single parenting promised to be packed with awkward moments, insights from a couple cuties with absolutely no professional credentials, but plenty of life experience, and intense sexual innuendo. So much sexual innuendo. Are you ready, Brian? God, Chrissy, I'm going to need a drink. All righty then, let's get started, shall we? Shall we? Hi, Brian. Hello, how are you? <laughs> doing all right. Excellent. Are you uh, cleaning a pocket knife I, I there? I am. What are you doing? I've, I used, you'll hear why I used this knife in a moment, but yeah, it, got, it was a little gunky, so I'm cleaning it off. Awesome. Yeah. Brian, one of the things I'm starting to like about our show is that our listeners kind of get what we're doing here. I've had <laughs> friends and, and a That's couple. That's good. Because I'm not sure we do. Somebody's got to. I've had friends and a couple strangers who've sent me relationship articles, sex articles, dating articles, parenting articles in the hopes that they may be useful for our show. <laughs> And I would like to tell last our week's listeners. Was, last week's was one of those, wasn't it? Yeah. Someone sent, mm-hmm. Someone Swiss, sent it to me. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The brothel episode. And please keep that up, people. I enjoy that. It's really nice. Um, and the foreplay article, uh, article that we're going to talk about today comes from an article that somebody sent me last week. Um, my friend Rick, who is a lovely British gentleman, ah, yes. sent me the article that we're going to do today. But first, let's make a drink. I think we should. All right. Is it hot in here? Are you parched? I'm parched. How about a drink? How to Do Cocktails is brought to you by How to Do Life, a podcast about, well, how to do life. You can listen to How to Do Life right here, where you're hearing us now, or find them on any podcast app. They are literally everywhere. And here's our disclaimer. How to Do Life right means drinking responsibly and moderately. A drink is not a necessary component to intimate conversations like the one you're about to hear. Here, here, announcer man. Yeah, but it sure doesn't hurt. What are you going to make today while you're still cleaning your knife over today, there? Today, I'm done. Uh, today, I, in, you know, in honor of your British friend, uh, I selected a gin and tonic. I like that because he really enjoys a good G&T and he's going to be really happy when he listens to this episode. Perfect. Perfect. Well, I am using just run-of-the-mill Schweppes ginger, I'm sorry, tonic water. I don't go for the diet. I figure if you can't afford right. the, um, you know, the 20 grams of sugar. Well, that's a lot of sugar in a tonic water. Okay. But I wish what? I hadn't looked at that. I... I think that the fake stuff gives me a headache. I don't yeah. like that stuff. I think I don't want I'm anything with you. fake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I only want real stuff. So yeah, Schweppes ginger ale, you know, Schweppes. and then and then uh, some Hendrix gin, um, which is uh, bottled in Scotland of all places. So mm-hmm. why shouldn't we have a Scottish gin? We talked about um, uh, 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 Scotch whiskey last week, and mm-hmm. so why not have a Scottish gin this week? So there you go. I will tell you that the very best gin and tonic that I ever had in my life, I had when I was uh, hanging out with Rick the Brit. Yeah. Um, it was at a little place in Brighton, um, down by the beach in England, and um, there was a little bar. I think it was called the Palmera, uh-huh. and it was an 
elderflower gin. Mm. No, an elderflower tonic mm. and a lavender gin. And the gin was a real pretty, like, purpley color, and it had lavender flavor in it. And, man, that was awesome. Then they put a little sprig of rosemary in the top uh, of it. That's good. You're stirring it with your finger. You like it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there is a local bar that was, I'm not going to give any free advertisements in light of our pre-show conversation, <laughs> but there's a local bar that was built in a converted old library. Here you go. I Cheers. really want them to be a sponsor. Uh, maybe they will be someday. Cheers. Cheers. And uh, let's see here. Mm. That is a light and refreshing. Yeah. That is perfect. You just can't Good. beat a gin and tonic. Anyway, they've got uh, a whole page of specialty gin and tonics. Um, there's like a, I think there might be a spicy one and there's an extra floral one and there's a refreshing one and all this. And um, it's, a, it's a fun portion of the menu to, to explore. I'm basic. I like gin and tonic with a little bit of lime. Yeah, it's delicious. Thank Good you. choice. Good thank choice. You, thank you. Yep, yep. And I like that we said we picked it for Rick, but the truth of the matter is you had this at your house. Total coincidence. You know? <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> but it worked out great. Way and so. to just make me a liar. Well, let's uh, <laughs> let's get into the article that Rick sent us. Let's uh, let's get into a little foreplay. Hey, Brian. Yes, Chrissy. Want to fool around? Uh, what are we talking about here? Like first base, second base? <laughs> Yikes. I don't think that's what she meant. Before we get started, can I say something? Of course. If you are looking for a father's, I'm just looking at my pocket knife. If you're looking for a Father's <laughs> Day gift uh, and you haven't, you know, you're struggling to come up with one, if your dad doesn't already have a cool pocket knife, go spend 50 bucks and get him a, a nice little pocket knife. That's all. This one is a manly sort of, you know, a gentlemanly gift. So get him a classy pocket knife. That's a great Father's Did your Day kids gift. get you that one? Um, my dad actually got me this. That's cool. Uh, so from one dad to another. And uh, yeah, it's very special. Guys, so, he used it to cut up the lime. I don't I think he ever told us like why I, he's over there playing with it. Playing with yeah. knives. Yeah. <laughs> That's not what we're here to talk about. That's not what we're here to talk about. So what we are here to talk about is seven signs you're dating an, emotional, an emotionally immature adult. Okay, I'm out of here. <laughs> Have a nice show. So... This article um, by a guy named Nick Wignall, Wignall, and W-I-G-N-A-L-L, is an all right article, a little fluffy, but um, I liked the seventh thing of the seven, um, and it was, they don't know what they want, is what he said. Yeah, right? He says, uh, let's see, he says, um, Few things are as predictive of long-term satisfaction in a relationship than having deeply compatible values. If the person you're dating can't express a handful of things that really matter to them and why, this suggests they don't really know what their values are. Okay, so it's you can't decide what you want outside of the relationship. Yeah, you can't decide what's going to work for you if you don't, or what's going to work, you know, for a partnership if you don't even know what you want for yourself. Right. Right. right? Um, does he give examples? Yeah, he does. And actually, there's some questions that I thought we would spin back on ourselves to see Ooh. if we're emotionally mature in okay. our values. Okay, um, okay. He does give some values, uh, some examples. One of the examples that he um, talks about is that, you know, these things do shift and change. Like maybe when you're in your 20s, like part of your relationship values is that you have lots of time for your friends. But maybe when you're like in the middle of parenting and, mm-hmm. you know, caught up in your in your early 40s, it doesn't matter so much that you have friend time. 
Um, which, I mean, I'm not saying that that's true. That's just the example that he gives. Okay. So our values kind of shift. You know, maybe, I can see that for maybe sure. instead you're more into like financial stability being one of your values, or like maybe it's kind of shifted to something else that seems more important. Okay. Um, so he says, How do you know if the person knows what they really want? You have to ask them. So here are some of the questions. I don't want to answer all of them because it's hard, it's very difficult. <laughs> I will answer all of them. Go. We're not going to answer all of them. Um, we'll look at some of them, though. Okay. One of them, okay, so here's the first one. What are some principles in your life that you try to always adhere to? Okay. Go ahead. We oh, can, you can um, answer this one. I think that uh, truth and honesty mm-hmm. are important. Same. Um, I think that... Uh, not taking myself too seriously. Mm-hmm. Is that a principle? I have a principle. I think it can be. Yeah. I'm not, um, I'm a, I'm a serious person, but I don't, I, I don't take myself too seriously. Yeah. Yeah. I would say like kindness or like yeah. more specifically empathy, mm-hmm. you know, like being considerate of other people and their feelings is, you know, I try to always adhere to that. I try yeah. to be really mindful of how my actions yeah. may make others feel. My therapist know? said I have a very high EQ. Like yeah, em- mm-hmm. emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. I can sense other people's emotions really well, and it's almost like uh, I'm. It's like you're hyper aware, and it's that's sort of an outward facing thing. Because sometimes I feel like I'm not so aware as I look inward, I but I'm aware of other people's emotions. Heather and I have talked about that on the other show. Some that sometimes that's a heavy burden to carry mm-hmm. because when you feel other people's feelings, sometimes you carry those around like. They're not yours, sure. but, but you carry them around and you, yeah. you know, think about them. And I think that, I think that all three of us, Heather included, you know, yeah. are people like that, mm-hmm. you know, kind of sensitive people. Good for us. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what are you most passionate about? Oh God. Like a thing? Like the, what is the thing that I'm most passionate? That's what, what it you says. Most... I'm just, I'm just reading. I'm just reading from oh, seven signs man. you're dating an emotionally immature adult. What are you most passionate about? Uh, the easy answer for me right now is, is family. my family and kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, <laughs> I like that we're I'm just going to answer these. Yeah, <laughs> I think that uh, financial stability is maybe not a passion of mine, but like a goal. Know, a goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This one is really hard, and I haven't formulated an answer yet. So let's see if we can come up with something here. Tell me about a value you used to hold, but you have changed your mind on. Ooh. That's tricky, right? That's a really tricky one. That could get super political super quick. Oh, you... it definitely could. I didn't even think about it politically. But... Yeah. Um, boy, oh boy. You know, it's funny. I was I had this conversation with somebody else the other day. Is if, if your values and, and thoughts and opinions grow and change over time, you know, they change over time, that, that's growth and you've matured or mm-hmm. you've evolved. But if a politician does it, it's flip-flopping. Right. So the, mm-hmm. and, <laughs> what have mm-hmm. you flip-flopped on over your lifetime? Um <laughs> Ay, ay, ay. I think divorce is probably a big one. Ooh, that's a good one. Good yeah, job. I um because when you know early on we I didn't even like to speak the word divorce. Yeah, in, I had a while um, I was married, and now here I am sitting here divorced. So I had a um, teacher in high school who was he was a really cool teacher. He was just one of those teachers that like whatever he was teaching you, you got really into and was really interesting. You know, and I remember him saying at one point that. He and his wife made a pact on their wedding day that they would never say the word divorce, mm. like that they would never say that word. And I remember thinking, that's pretty cool. That's, you know, yeah. like, and I thought, 
I'm going to do that. I'm yeah. going to, you know, I'm going to never say divorce. And right. I said it. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> then it was like, I have the t-shirt. Other, <laughs> wait, they gave you a t-shirt? <laughs> yeah. oh. You didn't get one? No, I didn't get a t-shirt. <laughs> um, then there's like, you know, certain ways you discipline your kids, you know. Oh, yeah. That is definitely a value that changed for me. And we actually yeah. talked about it on the other show recently that when my kids were little, I was in behavior analysis and I was more like hardcore with them. I was really like cry it out and really, you know, like kind of like, you know, like you guys are never going to learn if I'm not hard on you, if I'm not strict about it, you know? And now my kids and I have a very collaborative, we're we're just a really collaborative family. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's a good one. Good job. Yeah. Way to, way to find two. Uh, I couldn't think of even one. So, (laughs) (laughs) uh, how about, what values have you inherited from your family? Oh boy, um, I think the the value of hard work, mm-hmm. particularly uh, from my um, from my grandfather on my mom's side, uh, frugality. I'm, mm-hmm. a pr- I'm I tend to be a pretty frugal guy, and and that's I think largely because of my my dad's mother. Um, she used to love telling Great Depression stories. Mm-hmm. I mean, not really. I make it like it was all the time, but she had a Great Depression story for pretty much everything about like you know saving wrapping paper and you know you know saving. She had a you know drawers full of rubber bands. She never threw any of that stuff right. away because mm-hmm. from her generation that stuff was That's not wasteful. it was not it's disposable stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So those 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 were just a couple of things. And then there's you know the the humor. I don't know if that's a value necessarily. I think it can. Like, actually, I tell my daughter frequently, you come from a long line of funny women. (laughs) You have a reputation to uphold here, you know. And also for my family, like, my dad was, like, the king of dadisms, you know. Like, so we have all these little things that we say in our sisterhood that were values from him. Like, one of them was, you know, friends will come and go, but you'll always have your sisters. And I think that he strengthened our bond, you know, and... I think that my kids, my kids are best friends with each other. And I think that part of that is because they understand the value of sibling community, you know? Yeah. So so things like that, definitely. How important are formal value systems to you? For example, religious commandments. Oh, um, I've sort of alluded to my faith in the past, and I think that that's that's a very important part of my life. And, you know, I think that um, that also could be considered one of my passions at a personal level anyway. Um, but yeah, I think that that's, that they're pretty important. I think that there's some sort of, even if you leave, you know, books and deities out of it, there's some common sense sort of moral yeah. ethical things. Yeah. I mean, know? like I'm not a big like church person, you know, and sure. not super like you like smaller churches. <laughs> no, smaller churches, yeah. Um, uh, but I think the universal theme of most religions is love and kindness and acceptance and being a good person. Like, and I, I, I'm all for all of that. I mean, most of what we do in U.S. culture is based in some form of Christianity and sure. the values that come from that. And yeah. you know, I think that's good. That's if very you good, if you look at the ten, if you look at the Ten Commandments as they are, you know. Don't kill each other. Right. Don't, don't good be- idea. Don't bear false witness. Don't lie to one another. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, don't, you know, hold don't up idols people. and don't cheat yeah. people. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So mm-hmm. I think I agree. 
Um, oh, this last one. I'm just going to throw it out there, but we're not going to talk about it because it's too much. At all? No, it's just too much. It's just too much. I, what are your, this is what this is what the question says. Kay. What are your political values, ethical values, career values, and creative <laughs> values? <laughs> There's just I, a lot to unpack there. I saw a meme that, that I laughed at. Um, on most political tests, I come out fairly libertarian. Me too. You know? Mm-hmm. And I saw a funny meme that said, I think that uh, gay married couples should be able to defend their marijuana plants with their AR-15s. <laughs> and I just, you know, I think that's a pretty good way to capture right. it, you know? Yeah, um, I had, I went to lunch with a friend, um, it was a long time ago now, but we sat down and we were talking about these kind of things, political values, and we said we were going to start a new um, faction. We were going to be called the Republicrats. <laughs> <laughs> and we were going to be like, fiscally conservative and like socially liberal and we were going to start our own party. It seemed like a really good idea. I think we're all a lot closer to the middle. I think so too. And then a lot of people like to pretend but on I cable news. I feel like we, we hear a lot about the far edges, yeah. you know, and yeah, yeah. that's what makes it so hard right now. I think. Yeah. Um, I think that the end of this article is really interesting, and I saved this part. I didn't tell you about this in advance because okay. I thought it was fun. So when you ask questions like this mm-hmm. of a partner, mm-hmm. what happens? Do they get uncomfortable and evasive? Are they willing to explore it even if it is uncomfortable? Do they give genuine heartfelt answers, or do they respond in cliches and superficial ways? And I think that that is really a neat part of this. Like. If you're having conversations like this with someone, it's not just about having the conversation. It's also about how willing people are to be open in a conversation like that. Yeah. You know? And I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. If, um, yeah, I just can't imagine being evasive on a question like that, especially if it's sort of organically had conversation. But I do think that you have spent, and certainly I have spent a lot of time trying to figure out who we are and what we care about and whatnot. And I think yeah. there was definitely a time in my life even where I would be like, I don't know. I don't, yeah. you know. That question know. earlier earlier in the list about um, knowing what they want. Yeah, an, an emotionally immature person doesn't know what they want. Mm-hmm. Um, I know what I don't want. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. um, and some of what I don't want has to do with me. I don't want to... We've had this conversation before. I don't, the thought of hurting people yeah. makes mm-hmm. me sort of sick to my stomach. And mm-hmm. so when I get myself in a situation where I know. But you become avoidant. When you think you're going to hurt someone, you would rather just avoid it than engage, I think. I think that that's par- partially true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like once I get myself in a situation where I I know the, the, the exit ramp to that situation is going to be a, a hurtful conversation or a hurtful something or other set of circumstances, then I, I put it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. A growth opportunity there. Growth opportunity. I've heard you say that a lot over the past few weeks. (laughs) Growth opportunity. It's a very optimistic view. I like that, Brian. Thank you. All right. Well, let's move on from this. Let's get into the down and dirty. Hey, Brian. Yes, Chrissy. I think I'm ready now. So you want to get this off your chest? Let's get down and dirty, babe. It is gone off the reservation. A grand slam home run. You do strange hand motions in between these segments, like you, when the guy like, hit the baseball. Yeah, it was that was the hit going out of the ballpark. But you did it like nine seconds late. Like he, I was like, is she <laughs> and a he time said delay? off the reservation, and I liked oh, okay. that. Trivia. Do you know where that's from? Mm-mm. No. Okay. You should go watch. Major- Would you like to share? Yeah, it's from the movie Major League. It's a baseball movie. Mm. It's good. It's Bob Uecker and the Cleveland Indians. Never mind. 
I like the Cleveland Indians. Then you should watch Major League. I grew up in Ohio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So today is the first day that we're talking about the dating stuff. We're, we're fresh out of divorce now. <laughs> now we're moving into the dating world. Right. Right. So the first kind of question for the for the day is, did you start dating people when you separated or did you wait until like the marriage was dissolved? Um. I'm trying to, what's the statute of limitations on, um, <laughs> um, I had a, uh, a friendship that developed into a relationship, um, a dating relationship around, yeah, between the time we separated and the time that the, the divorce was legal. Yeah. Um, for me, I started dating simultaneously <laughs> with separating um kind of for the same reason i had a friendship that had developed to a point that you know i sincerely thought i was just going to marry this person i thought yeah. that you know this marriage a was going to end and marriage b was going to right come in yeah. yeah and i mean that's a, that's a common story i've talked to a lot of people where mm-hmm. they yeah that's exactly yeah like my dad um Ooh, I'm going to get the dates on this one wrong. But I think that my dad was in a very similar situation. And mm-hmm. he he started dating my stepmom um, almost, you know, I don't know if the ink was dry or if they were separated right. or what, mm-hmm. but he went to a Christmas party and met this lady and bingo, bingo, they were married for 25 years after, mm-hmm. after that. So, um, yeah, that's a, that, you know, that's a common, a common theme. Yeah, well, for my situation, it ended up not working out. But yeah. I still I'm like my divorce was a long time coming, yeah. um, sadly, you know, unfortunately. But I, you know, I felt like there were two or three years that I was working up the chutzpah to, you know, <laughs> to file for divorce and to separate and to do that. And then I think that once I met this other person, yeah, it wasn't like the catalyst to do it, but it was the like, okay. It's if you can develop feelings like this for someone else, mm-hmm. then it's time to you know yeah it's time to move on yeah you yeah. know and, and, and I think that was there's a lot of parallels there um, because I definitely was having feelings for this person that um, without getting too into the pineapple territory <laughs> there were some there were rumors about mm-hmm. my situation I gotcha mm-hmm. and uh, and they were. Not true, but there was enough kernel of truth. Kern- like, there's enough smoke there for people to think there was a raging forest fire, and there gotcha. wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a tricky situation, man. Yeah, and, it you is. Know, it's, yeah, and so, but that becomes that situation can become something that's very easy for other people to point at and say, "Oh, well, they got divorced because he or she mm-hmm. ran off with so and so." Yeah. And, and think, that's, you know, I've, I heard that from people after my divorce. That, oh, I um, heard more rumors about myself. Like, I was like, really? I did what? Yeah. You know, like, uh, it just, I live in a neighborhood that is a... A, uh, plan, a planned community. A planned community. Yep. Uh, Upper middle class. Yeah. Um, it's a special place. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of chit chat and everybody thinks they know everything about everybody else's situation. Mm-hmm. And it really was entertaining to hear what I was doing, whether I was doing those things or not. I think that uh, for me, it was more 
sad and hurtful. Oh, no. When I say entertaining, I mean sad and hurtful. <laughs> it <laughs> yeah. sucked, you know? I, you know? It's one thing. I, I wish I could be cavalier about it because, I, you know, this is, goes back to me struggling with being overly affected by what other people think of me. Right. And so when I heard that, you know, person A and person B were talking about a situation that neither of them had ever spoken to me about, but they were declaring right. facts. Like I heard it from, I heard it from a client. I'm like it's somebody that is so far outside of my circle of friends. But if you go through Yikes. social media, you can find this person is connected to that person and just yeah. that person. Mm -hmm. And it made it that many layers away. Yeah. Because they know that, that me. And, and then it makes you feel like the entire community. Oh, yeah. Is, you know. The other thing that's beneficial, though, is someone told me once that people aren't thinking about you nearly as much as you think they are. Yeah. And But they but from my experience, they think about you just enough <laughs> to make it hurtful. I think that, you know, when they think they've got something juicy or something interesting, you know, then they're kind of, you yeah. know, a little, that, more, little more interesting. Yeah. I had some people do some very outward things to try to stir the pot ooh, like oh i think that this situation is this and so i'm gonna tell her to see if it makes her crazy like to see what happens oh, you know like wow. like to try to you know create something to look at yeah see there was uh we had a a little troop of uh amateur detectives mm. who tried to connect if you've seen the meme about the guy i think i can't remember which show it was from might have been um always sunny in philadelphia or I can't remember where the guy's got the map and the strings and the this string goes to this picture and this person has this string like going beautiful to, mind. Yeah. But it's like, huh. a, it's like a diagram of like a, you know, you've seen like on these law and order shows where mm -hmm. they have like a board with all these arrows and strings and pointed around and all right, right, trying right. to solve a big puzzle. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of that going around. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I think some of that is cultural. We live in the South and, uh, and we live in a moderate sized town. Do we talk about where we live? I'm not going to say where we live. You can say where we live. Tallahassee. Okay. So we live in Tallahassee and, and it's just. I like that you asked me first though, because you know that we have we certain have, privacy certain rules. rules. Yeah. <laughs> Good um, job. Yeah. So, but yeah, I think that there's a cultural element there and listen, some people are just busybodies. Right. That's tough. A lot of people are. And that makes dating tough. Transitioning back to the dating conversation. Well, it does. And it makes. Um, well, like when I meet some, I've been here for, I've been in this town for more than half my life since I was mm -hmm. 18. So 24 years I've been here, which is a shocking number. Mm -hmm. And so there's, it's odd that I go to a restaurant and I don't see somebody that right. I know. And I like that about our town, but I also don't like uh, that because you might me meet nuts. somebody and be like, oh, this person seems cool. And then like, like a guy that I dated for like a year, I met him and I had met his ex-wife previously and mm. I had not been a huge fan of the ex-wife. Yeah. And when I met him, I presumed that he was just going to be a terrible human being because I didn't care for the ex-wife. And I'm like, no, not interested in that. You know what I mean? And then, you know, I don't know. It's just, yeah. you know, yeah. one of those things, one of those things. Did people who like, who you knew as friends or even people who were married, like hit on you? Did your relationships change when you became single? Um, yeah, a little bit. Um, I would, I would never incriminate anybody but there were a couple of married women who expressed interest mm -hmm. and there were even um i think that when you get a divorce i i don't i sort of jokingly i think this is anybody not just me but i sort of for like for like 10 minutes i sort of became the divorce whisperer 
And if you see a pop in your knuckles, mm-hmm. okay, John's gonna have to edit that one out. Um, when I'm gonna do all of them. <laughs> he's crazy. Now that he's you're... laughing. <laughs> Stop it, gross. I got two left. Hold on. There Ooh, we go. Okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, when um, it once someone found out that I was divorced, they wanted to come to me and talk about their marriage and how it was in trouble. And oh yeah. T- tell me about your story and tell me about how you decided it's to like make a the bonding decision. point. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm like, you're still married though. Yeah, but it's this and we've got this problem and this challenge and I don't know if it's going to last and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And, and, um, and I'm like, wow. So, I, you know, I didn't, um, I would never encourage divorce. I think, I think divorce is particularly if you have, if you have kids, if there's any way to avoid it, um, avoid it, invest in yourself, invest in the marriage, try to stay married, try to, you know, you know, work through it. But there comes a point where it's, a, you know, a losing battle. Mm-hmm. But uh, so I'm, I'm not pro-divorce. But uh, I did sort of become a bit of a divorce whisperer for people who had marriage problems. We had a joke for a while. We had divorce moms club. Yeah. Like we would all go meet up and sit around together and, you know, and it was kind of, you know, a, a thing that we did. And a lot of us in a female group of divorces commiserated over the fact that I had no idea that married men would come out of the woodwork the way that they did. As soon as I separated, yeah, many, many married men that I knew yeah. propositioned me. I got, or, um, I was told the same thing and, uh, you know, they, this particular woman that I spoke to who was also divorced, but, we had a we had a professional relationship and so there was never going to be anything there between she and I but we had a frank conversation about divorce and um she said just watch she was like when you when it becomes public she was like they're gonna they Mm -hmm. you know quote quote they Mm -hmm. are gonna come out of the woodwork after you and I Mm -hmm. said huh and she says oh come on you're a good looking guy and Mm -hmm. you're you're professional and whatever and you're you're gonna see and again, going back to my poor self-esteem, I thought, no, that's crazy. I'm not all that, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's just because it's, you know, you're sort of fresh meat or whatever, but yeah, they sort of a handful of Women are exceptionally the... aggressive. Yeah. And, I did and not I, know that. What's what's interesting, <laughs> I had I had a dinner with some girlfriends a few weeks ago and they were talking about um, when a guy like, quote, comes on the market. Is you got to snatch him up quick Oof. because, you know, because he's going to end up in a really, because guys like to be in relationships. And actually some of the research we were going to talk about today is um, research shows that most men jump back into relationships very, very quickly. Yeah. And most women don't. Yeah. And I can see that. When it comes to happiness, they say that single women are the happiest group of people. Interesting. Married men are the second happiest men like to be married right single men are the third happiest and married women are the least happy people interesting mm-hmm. huh. yeah so and i want to pull a study and put that up and i did do a little like chrissy's cursory google search you know but i don't have anything really good but i'll try to find something i'll try to find something for our show notes so that <laughs> you know, so i can back that up but you know who told me that was actually my divorce lawyer oh funny, <laughs> yeah, funny. She, she fed me that fact that's so. funny so yeah i think that um yeah, I I certainly and I talked to my dad about this too when my when he experienced it when he was newly on the market. My stepmother on the market when this is temporarily a sad moment. My stepmother of twenty five years passed away. Yeah, you told early, me that. I'm sorry. And she she died ahead of schedule, as we like to say. And um and he had a very similar experience. He was the grieving widower, and oh man. 
he said, Brian, he says, I, he says, I was fighting him off with a stick. Right. And he's like, and I'm an old man, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it just didn't matter, you know. So, um, yeah, he's not that old, but you, I've you get heard what I'm that like the older men get, the more aggressive it becomes because women outlive the men. Well, and women in that age group, <laughs> I think there's a lot of societal pressure for, like, if you're a bachelor in your mm-hmm. 40s, mm-hmm. if you're an unmarried 40 year old man, society would say one thing about you. And if you're a, a single lady in your 40s, historically, society might have a slightly different yeah. and unfair mm-hmm. opinion of you, you're right. which is unfortunate. Did you do uh, any online dating? Uh, praise Jesus, I did not. The last online date I went on was in about 1998, 1997. Ooh, you online dated before you got married? Um, I was I was on AOL Instant Messenger. Ooh. Hot yeah, stuff. hot stuff. And uh, <laughs> I, I met a couple of uh, a couple of ladies on there um, in various college chat rooms. A, Ooh, a, a nineteen sexy. year old, a nineteen twenty year old, uh, skinnier, you know, dumpier version of myself was trolling AOL Instant Messenger. <laughs> That's gross. Yeah, and those, you know, because then it wasn't like there was no there was no sliding into the DMs. You right, that sent, was not a just, thing. It was a public. It was a public con- chat. Yeah, but then you can open up a private message window. Oh yeah. So yeah, it was. Uh, I had a That's couple. Really of, funny to me. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I dated a girl from uh, Missouri. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to Mizzo? Kate. Yeah, from Mizzou. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I dated a girl who I then she ended up going to FSU, and so we were kind of a thing about twenty two years ago, and uh, yeah. I did some online dating since divorce. Since divorce. So I would say 2017, 2018, I did some online dating. And that's a special, special place to hang out. I can't Um, imagine. Now, you say online dating. You like I didn't not... do like a I didn't do like questionnaires and like a okay. match me up with people. I did like the the dirty stuff. <laughs> Tinder. Mostly Bumble, but yes, same okay. same premise, same okay. premise. And when I did the Bumble, like my shtick was like cuz they're like only the women have have to talk first on the uh-huh. Bumble, right? That's like, what makes the, Bumble the one, right? Right. They, like, because the, the least sleazy the, of them. Yeah, because the woman is in control or whatever. But I would always just soft open with high I was never witty. I was never interesting because it's still your job to be interesting enough for me to want to talk back to you. So I gave you, you in- the opportunity to entertain me. Dazzle me, clown, is basically what you said. <laughs> Maybe a little bit, yeah. Okay, all right. That's stone cold. Yeah, I had some friends who had, like, divorced friends who had done some online dating, and they're like, oh, it's great. You're going to love it. Ugh. And I did not love it. Like I can't imagine. Like, I... I I don't listen. It's 2020, and dating online is entirely different now than it was back then. Um, back when it was relatively new, and you were you were a loser if you dated online. Right. But um, but that's that's I know that's an antique and antiquated uh, viewpoint. No, it totally was a thing though. I mean, but it, um, but I just I couldn't. I don't know if I could do it. I I would never do it again, honestly. And it's because I. The people that you meet through, like, online dating live geographically somewhere near you. 
but mm-hmm. don't necessarily have anything in common with you. Well, aren't now, necessarily. You're talking about the Tinder side of online dating, right? Like if you had gone I to, to, I can't okay. speak to the like, like e-harmony. We, we filled or, out a profile right. and we did all this. Stuff. Right. I can't speak to that. Um, Tinder, Tinder is 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 a meat market. Like it's stop a, it's saying a, Tinder. At least it was Bumble. It's one step better. It's, it's pretty gross, okay. but it's one step better. <laughs> the swiping apps are yeah. just it, that's as close yeah, to yeah, a yeah. meat market. It's like yeah. I, I look across the bar, I survey the horizon like a like a cheetah on the Serengeti, and I find the one I want to go after, and I go after. And it. I'll be honest with you, there was a period of time in my life post divorce that I was totally cool with that. Like I was like, all right, I'm gonna let you five take me to dinner this week. <laughs> And I'm going to see if I want to see any of you a second time. Do do you approach men in public? Um, I don't think so. No, like, I, um, you just pointed at yourself. I did approach you in public. You did. That's how we met. <laughs> but and I, we can tell that story if you want to. But um, but no, I just I say that because like, do women? I think I think the landscape has largely changed. If you're at a bar. It's just as socially acceptable for a woman to approach a man and introduce herself as it is for a a man to do so. I don't think I would do so in a bar. Like, I don't know. You were a special circumstance for some reason. (laughs) Like, I was like, I was like, oh, I just looked at you and was like, well, that's supposed to be something in my life. And look, it worked. It's fine. Do you want to tell the story? Do you have like 30 seconds to tell? So this is great. So this is. This is you're before, gonna embarrass me. Uh, you're looking up and you're blushing. I love it. Oh no, I'm definitely not stopping. So when uh, we were at a fundraiser, and that's all I'll say. I won't say which fundraiser. We were at a fundraiser, like at an event, like an after hours. Just like exactly two years ago. Yeah, crazy. Time mm-hmm. is weird. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was still married. I was wearing my wedding ring, and I, was, I didn't know you were married though. I was holding my wine glass in my left hand for all the world to see. I did not know like that a, you were married. Like I don't. Pay, I, I, like I a wasn't neon like billboard. I wasn't like attuned to that. I didn't know what I was supposed to be looking for. I was newly anyway. divorced. Like I, I wasn't, I, I wasn't good at that. Okay. So she walks up to me. Can I quote you? I don't know because I don't know what I said. I don't remember. You, yeah, I will never forget it. It's etched in my memory. It, it was <laughs> oh, the, gross! It no, was the, no, I don't like this, John. We're gonna edit this out. It was the boldest <laughs> approach I've ever heard. You walked right up to me. Oh, God, no. as God is my witness, this is the truth. She walked right up to me and got like at a at a close conversational distance and said, and I quote, "Tell me you're a single guy." <laughs> and I said, that's, "That's pretty good." I, it, like I said, "I just I was you could have knocked me over with a feather." I I was like, uh, 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 "Actually." I'm not at, I actually, at the moment, but at that point in my life, my relationship was, you had no way of knowing it, but my marriage was basically on the scale towards implosion. I do So I was remember. not technically single, and I was like, I was still being, I was behaving, I was mm-hmm. like, nope, not, not single, but hi, nice to meet you. I do remember <laughs> you said something like, dang, I wish I was today, or something like that. Oh, yeah. well, now you're mm-hmm. just inventing history. No, no, I no, I do remember that. I, I do remember that. <laughs> I think I told Heather that. Funny. But it is funny that, you know, I definitely, like... I, but so I, say yeah. that to, I say that to give other women complete... Um, listen, men are still scared little middle schoolers. Dude, that's I, true. The majority, <laughs> I will just say, that if there is a single guy in a bar with his single guy buddies, 80% of them are at the seventh grade dance. And if you see a guy and you are interested, just walk on up and say hello. You will make his day and you never know what you might get started. Like a podcast. Like a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Which is where we ended up. (laughs) See, there you go. 
It's a beautiful relationship. All right. Uh, we talked about online dating. We talked about married people hitting on us. Um, did you go through like a, I'm going to do the things I should have done when I was young phase? Like skydiving and that kind of stuff? Like mm, midlife crisis type? Uh, I, I, some people have accused me of my whole divorce being a midlife crisis. Um, so that's a tricky question. I don't know. But to do the things I should have done when I was younger... I think in the last episode, we talked a little bit about we pick up new hobbies and things like that. I took my physical health more seriously, mm-hmm. and I should have been doing that all along. Um, but that wasn't sort of out of like a – I asked – I've confirmed with my therapist after much analysis. I am not narcissistic. But um, that was a little bit of like I, I want to be the best version of myself right? Mm-hmm. physically. Um, so, yeah, did I do the things I should have done when I was younger? I feel like I did with with the with the dating stuff with like I want to date a lot of different people. I want to, yeah. you know, like sexually do a lot of things whoa, that. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it. I did because I had a I had a fairly chaste marriage. Okay. Um, and I define like, chaste. Like sexually boring. We'll we'll go there. I don't want to. I'm going to pineapple okay. on. Fair enough. On part of it, because um, you know it involves other people. Sure, and, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And their yep. you know take on things. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. So I was like, I'm going to go have all the sex with all the people. Oh, boy. You know, like, and it was a it was a thing that I wanted to do for a while, and I did, and I just was like, this is this is what's gonna this is what's gonna go down. You know, and I feel like I had to like work that out of my system. Yeah. Like like the. Like the stuff that some people do in like their college years and they kind of sure. date around and, you know, like whatever, the stuff that I didn't do as much. I am you know? um, having gone from separated and divorced to into a fairly serious relationship fairly quickly. I sort of skipped a lot of that stuff again. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, but yeah, so I, I feel like yes like, and no. I think I, I, I understand I could have. Um, from a sexual standpoint, I, I, listen, I enjoy sex, but I don't need to, I don't feel a need to explore vast landscapes in that Mm -hmm. realm. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I I don't know. That's a kind of a weird one. I, um, felt like the person that I was with, like Mm -hmm. as I separated that it ended up not working out, like we had conversations, like he called himself a relationship monkey. He said, I just swing oh. from relationship to relationship. And he's like, I, and see I, that. I should probably like take a break and like try dating and whatever. And we had a conversation. Okay. That, so then that's know, a question. I think I'm going to completely interrupt you. Can, as usual. Yeah. That's what makes, that's our charm. That's very um, charming. What? <laughs> <laughs> the relationship versus dating. Like, right. I have a conversation with a female recently a woman who said i can't imagine being a serial dater which we she meant like dating multiple people at a time so i think that that i struggle with that too like going on multiple dates and having multiple partners and i think i'm i think that's a you're a serial monogamist yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i'm a relationship person i'm a partner Mm -hmm. person and i don't know if that's you know i don't know what that says about me or my childhood or my parents but yeah, I would have a hard time, I would think, being in multiple um, romantic-ish. Can you be in a romantic relationship with more than one person at a time? I mean, I... And what is that What is that defined as? And There's a lot of weird questions there. There are a lot of questions there, but I think that, 
in 2020 here and today it's right. more accepted than at any time previously you yeah. know um so i'll like i'll be dating someone and be very clear because you know the honesty thing is super important to me but yeah. i'll be very clear like i am gonna go out with other people i'm going yeah. to you know like um see i, I can't imagine doing that and that's just yeah. me like the, i don't know if that's a I don't know what that says about my upbringing or my parents or my psychology or whatever. I don't think that's whatever. wrong. I think that's yeah. great, you know, yeah. but I, I think that... It's been limiting, though, because I've had I've had opportunities. I've been approached, and I know that I could be doing more and different things if I was wired that way, but mm-hmm. I'm kind of not. I don't know. It's yeah. weird. You so are who you are. I am who I am. <laughs> I think that men sometimes have a reputation for the opposite of that. I think if you were going to generalize, yeah. if you were going to mm-hmm. generalize the male species, you know, we're the ones who are out roaming the countryside looking to, you know, impregnate as many, many people, people as possible, possible right? <laughs> and, and I just, I don't think that that's universally true. I don't think that's universally stereotype, true and stereotypes yeah. mm-hmm. are are rooted in some sort of historical reality. But on a case by case basis, I don't find that to be consistently true. No, I think that that's right, and, that, and maybe that goes back to the conversation we had earlier about you know your personal values and yeah. like what what matters to you. Yeah. And I I will say that you know when I was married, I was with that person for sixteen years, mm-hmm. you know, and I never thought about dating someone else, you know. Yeah. Um, and it it's I would say it's a new like idea in my evolution to say. I don't know. You don't have to be tied to something to be able to still enjoy it, you know. And I, I just feel like as long as there's honesty there and as long as there's transparency. Right. Now, I wouldn't be okay with dating two guys or, you know, three guys or whatever and one of them not knowing that that was the situation. Yeah. I would want, you know, I would want everybody to know, like, yeah. this isn't, like, we're not doing a thing that is, you know. I'm not sneaking around. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's important. And I think that those are hard conversations to have too. Right. So I think it's hard to say, um, if I say, hey, guy I'm dating, I'm also going to be dating other people. Okay, like teach me. How do you have that conversation? <laughs> is it just that easy? Like, hey, girl, I'm dating. I'm going to go date other people. Yeah, I mean, it and is. Does that just immediately, I, I feel like that would, And then a guy's they have a choice view, to yeah. say, I'm going to stay and continue to see you or I'm going to go. Yeah. You know, um, but yes, when I've had that conversation, that's exactly how it's been. Look, I don't think that this is where I'm going to be forever. I yeah. feel like I need to continue looking for something else. I like seeing you. I like spending time with you. But I don't think that, you know, we're going to develop into some bigger thing. If you would still like to see me, great. But I'm also going to be dating other people. And that leads to more questions, obviously, because... Some guys will just be like, okay, that's fine, you know, because they, they like, <laughs> don't know what to say or whatever. Sure. But, you know, it can lead to broader conversations like, okay, well, are you going to sleep with other people? Mm-hmm. Do you want to be told if I'm sleeping with other people or do you want to not know, you know? Um, are you the primary person that we have unprotected sex and everybody oh. else is protected? Ooh, you know, ooh. like, there's a lot to yeah. get into. Good grief. <laughs> There's a lot there's a lot of nuance to to doing that and and then the person gets to decide, all right, I'm still going to hang around in this or I don't want to date you anymore. Yeah. You know? That's a lot. It's of a lot. Stuff. It's a lot of stuff. I didn't actually plan to go there, but 
where we ended up. <laughs> uh, but you know, it's that's 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 this whole the, dating is complicated, man. Dating is complicated. Dating is complicated. And this is just episode one of five right. on dating. So right. well, then you get keep, to the point keep where tuning in people. Oh man, I don't want to get like talk about next week's topic or whatever. But like, the, like if you. Somebody once told me a therapist, my 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 marriage counselor actually a lot of therapy today, a lot of therapy, <laughs> not quite therapy, but uh, my marriage counselor told me that the person, and I think I said this last week, the person who is least invested in the relationship has more you of the did power. Tell us that, yeah. yeah, and that is a um, that's a hard place to be in because I will find like I found this in my marriage. I realized before she did that I was in that position mm-hmm. and I had the quote unquote power, but I didn't I didn't relish in it. That, right. like, I don't like that feeling mm-hmm. because it, it's a it's a guilty sort of it's a gross feeling. You're a hundred percent right because like I hmm, how do I say um, I have dated a person mm-hmm. who would hang in there for me mm-hmm. probably under just about any circumstance, mm-hmm. and I know that, mm-hmm. and sometimes. I really struggle with whether it's fair, even though the person seems happy yeah. in what we have. Yeah. I wonder if it's fair for me to continue to engage with such a nice soul. Right. When. Dude. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. <laughs> if, if there's, if I had this conversation with a female friend of mine. There's nothing overtly wrong. Right. There's nothing wrong with the relationship, mm-hmm. but you just have this little inkling in the back of your brain that mm-hmm. says, this isn't the it forever. This isn't the one. Right. And what do you do with that knowledge? Do Because like if, if I, it seems like no no matter how you approach this other person and tell them in whatever, like there's a, there's a nice way and there's a not nice way, mm-hmm. but I think both of those conversations end in sadness. And as a person like myself who is so averse to making other people sad, mm-hmm. I just don't want to have that conversation. Right. And so I've attempted to have that conversation and it's been sloppy and it's mm-hmm. been, you know, sort of one foot in, one foot out from here and there. And it, it's, it's tough. It's tough. Right, right. I get that. That's a, uh... maybe we should save some of it for next week. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't even looked at the bullet points I for next have, week. So, uh, we I have a lot on. more to say, but I Were feel there like more we... questions for today's episode? No, nope, today we're just good. I think we're I think we're about there. We're gonna wrap it up. We've said too much. I think we're gonna continue this conversation <laughs> off air, but uh, <laughs> I think this was a lovely, lovely way to end today. <laughs> right? Let's just end how right long, there. How long have we been talking? Entirely too <laughs> long. It seems like about the right amount of time. Let's let's go for the outro, John. <laughs> Love you, John. <laughs> well, that's all the time we have for today. Would anyone like a tissue? I'm fine. We're fine. Everything Everything is is fine. fine. Got a question for Chrissy and Brian? Connect with Not Quite Therapy on Patreon, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Don't forget to check out How to Do Life, too, on all these platforms and on the podcast app of your choice. Hey, Brian. Yes, Chrissy? That was kind of fun. I think I need another drink. Whew, those two are special. (laughs) 